This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters, your source for insightful conversations about the issues facing Ohio students, educators, and communities. I'm Katie Olmstead, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, which represents more than 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members in the state. Our members serve 1.7 million public school students in Ohio, including a growing number of English language learners. And Kara Jankowski wants to make sure those students and their families have a voice. She teaches fourth and fifth grade English learners in West Carrollton, outside Dayton, and joins us now. Kara, thank you so much for joining us to share your perspective. Let's start with the basics on this one. What is an EL teacher and what do you do? So thank you for having me today. An EL teacher or English learner teacher works with students primarily who speak another language at home besides English. You might hear us called TESOL, teaching English to speakers of other languages. You might hear ESL, English as a second language. But our job is to help students throughout the language learning process throughout their time K-12. So let's talk about your typical day. If there is such a thing as a typical day, how do you interact with your students? Yeah, so my typical day, I spend about half my day co-teaching. So I'm working with reading teachers who have English learners in their classroom And so I might be assisting them with an assignment. I might be helping them with some of the vocabulary. I might run a center. It really day to day, it just depends, but generally I'm there to help those students in the classroom. And then the other half of my day, I spend working with students in smaller groups, really helping them get to the basics of English education, working on things like phonics and sometimes very basic vocabulary, all just depending on the level of student and what their needs are. I'm a native English speaker, and I know that our language is weird. There are so <laughs> many strange rules. It is, it is not an instinctive language. How do you overcome that when you're working with people who this is not their first language? English is a very difficult language to learn, and it can be very challenging. I mean, there's so many times when I'm working with a student and they'll be like, this doesn't make sense. And I'm like, yes, it doesn't, but it's just the way it is. But for students, I think it's very interesting for them, even though English is a difficult language, you can see the connections to other languages. So when there are connections to other languages, we make those, we talk about it it can inspire some really interesting conversations because there are words from English that are from Farsi. So even if it's not in that immediate um, circle of languages that you might think of, like German, there's a lot of connections that we can make for our students uh, with English. Let's be clear, though, you don't speak Farsi, as far as I know. You don't speak the languages these students are speaking at home That's not the job of an EL teacher. You're not a translator. Is that a pretty common misconception? That is a common misconception. So to be an English learner teacher, you do not need to know any other language besides English. You can, and it certainly helps, and I do, but 
you do not. It's really just about being able to communicate with your students. So even though I don't speak Farsi, I can use visuals and um, different strategies to help the student learn without speaking their language at all. And thankfully, there's a lot of technology and tools that we can use as well. What are some of the other common misconceptions? We were just chatting that even teachers sometimes don't know what another EL teacher does. Yes. So one of the misconceptions is what an English learner teacher looks like. And the answer is that it absolutely varies. There are some English learner teachers who are traveling. There are some who are always co-teaching. There are some who are always working with small groups or individual students. So our role really varies throughout school districts and throughout the state. And then we are not a translator. That's another common misconception. Our job is not to be an interpreter or a translator. We are there to teach the student English and be that language support for them. So those are some common misconceptions. And I think it's important to recognize those because we need more English learner teachers in classrooms. And so to know that you don't have to know another language is important. We we want anyone who feels like this is a job that is appropriate for them, um, that they can do that if they feel like it's the right fit. What kind of person would be a good EL teacher? Is there a certain personality that would work best for this? To be a good English learner teacher, or I should say a great or excellent English learner teacher, I think number one, you have to be passionate about working with language learners. And for me, I'm very passionate about language and that makes my job very fun and rewarding. You have to be a strong communicator. You have to be patient and feel comfortable with wait times and sometimes awkward gaps in conversations so that students have time to get their thoughts together and speak. It certainly helps to know another language. So I do speak Spanish and it helps me make a lot of connections for my students and communicate with parents. But mostly it makes me very empathetic when my students are frustrated speaking. It really helps me to understand, okay, I've been through this myself. I've felt that way learning Spanish and being surrounded by Spanish speakers. So to be able to empathize with my students is very helpful. But again, it's not a requirement. I'm glad you brought up being able to communicate with parents. I have to imagine that is one of the great challenges of your job. Are there supports to help you? These aren't your students. They may have varying levels of English abilities themselves at home. How do you reach parents when you need to speak with them? Family engagement is such an important part of my job as an EL teacher. And I've really found that it depends on the parent and you really have to reach out to the parent in a way that works best for them. And so sometimes I found using technology and different messaging apps works very well for some parents. For other parents, it's meeting in person or maybe just a quick check-in during the car rider line or whatever it is. It's just about getting to know those families and then finding what works best for them. Does your district or is it a common practice for districts to provide some sort of translation services to help you communicate with parents when they don't speak English? Districts will usually provide some sort of interpretation or translation service. Uh, It does vary a bit by district. But for example, in my district, we use a phone interpretation company. It's very easy to use and 
we don't have to schedule that in advance. So if something comes up, we can call home using this interpretation service very easily. Everything changed over the last year with the pandemic. I assume that has to do with the parent relationship as well. With any of our learners, we are seeing that the parent partnership has become that much more important. Have you been able to to really effectively use them as a tool and as a partner? Absolutely. It is so important that we engage with our parents and our families. Um, And it's really not just parents, it's anyone in the family. I mean, we have a lot of older brothers and sisters who are helping their younger students. And so we really are working together as a team. And for me, it's been really fun to get to know families in a different way, to make them part of the learning process. Um, And then also just for me, it's a joy. Sometimes I've gotten just through Zoom calls or video calls to see some of my former students and say, hey, can you help them with this and this? So it's a way of um, engaging with families and siblings that's a little bit different, but has been rewarding and fun in some different ways too. I think another common misconception is that what you do is to help them learn English and that's it, that now they can read. But I think we forget how important it is to have the foundation of being able to speak English to learn any of the other subjects that we send kids to class for. I, speaking from my own family's experience, my, my grandfather was a, um, he escaped Nazi Germany and escaped the Holocaust. He didn't graduate high school because he didn't speak any English when he came to the United States. And EL programs were not a thing back then. Had he had those supports, how different his life would have been. Is that something that drives you in your passion for teaching English learners is that it's not just helping them learn how to read English. It's, it's setting them up for life success. Absolutely. It's not just about those English basics and knowing grammar and how to form a sentence. Absolutely. By helping them with vocabulary and academic language, we are helping them to access their other curriculum better, not just reading, science, social studies, and then even just in their daily life, right? Then they're able to go out and play a soccer game and communicate with their teammates. So it's it's really rewarding in that way as well as you're giving students the tools to communicate beyond just the classroom or the reading classroom. You're really setting them up for success lifelong. What does the typical English language learner look like? And yes, that is a trick question. (laughs) Absolutely. There is no typical English language learner. Language learners really vary. And I've worked with students who have lived here their whole life. In fact, the majority of my students were born here in the United States. A lot of them are very fluent English speakers. You wouldn't even necessarily know that they spoke a different language at home but maybe they need a little extra help with reading or they have a challenge with vocabulary and I'm there to help them with that. But I've also had students who just got here and I've had students who I had to teach them how to use a drinking fountain. So really there is such a range of academic needs and then cultural backgrounds, language backgrounds, religious backgrounds that it makes the job really fun because there's such this diverse, beautiful, group of students who come together every year and learn from each other and grow in a very short amount of time. What are some of the things that everyone can do to make it a more welcoming environment, a more supportive environment for English language learners? 
I think that's such an important question. How can we make our schools and our communities more welcoming? And I think number one is being willing to listen and just being aware of cultural differences or cultural practices and then being willing to make changes or be open to hearing out different ideas and um, different ways of doing things. So I think number one is just being a strong listener. Um, and I think two is language access. We have to provide translation, interpretation for people who don't speak English. Or sometimes it can just mean speaking slower, making things a little bit easier to be understood. So just trying not to include idioms, just depending on who you're speaking with. But sometimes these little things of language access can really make a big difference. In speaking with you, I know you're passionate about giving a voice to English language learners. Do you feel like sometimes they're ignored as, a, as an important group of our students that we have to serve? Absolutely. Our English learners are a growing population in the state of Ohio, but they often are ignored. And it's so important that we not speak for them, but let their voices be heard. And I think English learner teachers like me especially play an important role in that because they speak a different language and maybe can't always access information about school, they aren't always the first families to step up and say, hey, this thing is unfair. Hey, we should change this at our school. So we need to make sure that when there are concerns or um, whatever it is that they wanna say that they are truly heard and that we're including them in the conversation. Off the top of your head, can you think of situations where it's been unfair or, or we needed to have these voices in the conversation to advocate and, and, and make positive change? Absolutely. So probably the number one thing that you'll see is translation not being provided or interpretation. Interpretation is uh, speaking the language, translation is writing. So those things not being provided um, is a major concern for speakers of other languages besides English. So that's number one, is making sure that that's available all the time for those families. And then um, help with some of the more community or cultural differences or um, just understanding how certain things work. So how to fill out a form is something that I've noticed a lot of families may need help with because it might be something they've never seen before. So knowing how to fill that out or understanding what an emergency medical form is and what it's used for, or a do not photograph form, just those kinds of things are very important for families to understand. And if we can help them with that, that makes their lives a lot easier. And it's important that we do this. Why is it so important that we make this accessible to all families? School should be accessible to every child and family that walks through the door. We want to be a welcoming place for all. But to add to that, our English learner families are such an asset to our school communities. They, they bring so much in terms of their life experiences, their cultural background, their language. I mean, I learn so much from my students because they have these really rich life experiences. They have language backgrounds that I know nothing about. So I can learn about where certain words come from or where certain things in our history come from that I wouldn't have learned 
about otherwise. So there's just so much that we can offer to each other in our communities that we need to make sure we're providing access for all. You're in your fifth year of teaching. So a a fair amount of experience. Do your students still surprise you? (laughs) My students surprise me every day. I am on my fifth year of teaching and I have realized every year is different. I'm always changing things because my students are different. And I have had the privilege of having the same students every year, but they change too. So every day I'm finding that I can learn something new from them. I can change lessons to make it better. I mean, there's just always so much growth, especially when you're an English learner teacher. Are there opportunities for you to work collaboratively with other teachers in the same boat who who are also learning best practices every time they meet a new student? Yes, working with other teachers has been such an important part of my job. So collaborating with other teachers in my building, of course, is important. But as an English learner teacher, you may be the only person doing your job in your school or in your district. So for example, in my school district, I am the only fourth and fifth grade English learner teacher. So if I'm learning about a certain standard, I don't necessarily have somebody to go who to who's in my same boat as an English learner teacher. So I found that being a part of the Ohio Education Association has really helped because I've made connections across the state of Ohio with other teachers who do my same job. So I'm able to reach out to those teachers and ask them questions. We can come up with new ideas. So I have found that to be so important in my job as an English learner teacher is those collaborative opportunities, absolutely. And I know you're also involved in one, the Ohio's New Educators Group. How has that helped you as an educator? Being a part of one, Ohio New, Ohio's New Educators, has helped me to collaborate on professional development and things going on in the classroom, but also to have that support network has been so helpful, especially as a newer teacher there are just so many ways that we can gather together and make connections and have fun, but then also share teaching ideas, share strategies. It's been a huge help to me and I'm really glad to be a part of it. It sounds like one, like working with English learners is just an example of how we're all better when we're together. Absolutely. All right, Kara, thank you so, so much for sharing your perspective on everything. It's been great talking with you. You as well. I appreciate your time today. Well, that does it for another episode of Education Matters. Make sure you subscribe to or follow this podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you have thoughts about what you'd like to hear on Education Matters, email me at educationmatters at ohea.org. And you can connect with OEA anytime on social media. We're at OhioEA on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, stay well.